There was a butt. There was a butt. I was looking. I didn't see anything. <laughs> but we were on the butt side, so maybe the camera didn't show us on the other side, but maybe the people on the other side got to see something. <sighs> Things only your mind thinks about. Hey, howdy, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Mike's Monday Jams, the official podcast of music appreciators everywhere. Today we're going to be talking about the song Settle Down by the band The 1975. Let's get it. Okay, we've got the last show of November, the Monday Jam for November 27th. Um, and as always, you've got AC and MC here. Um, it's it's almost Spotify rap season, um, so prepare your your Instagram scrolling to be to be filled with with that from artists and listeners alike. Um, do you have any predictions, Miss Miss EC? I don't know. This is the first year in a while that I feel. Um, like, I really don't know what it's going to be. I'm excited to find oh, out. she's tired. Yeah, I'm a little under the weather. Um, I wonder how many people, how many of our listeners just yawned because you yawned. I hope they're not yawning because it's boring. <laughs> you know, the, the contagious <laughs> yawn. You know, let us know if you Now yawned. they definitely are because you're talking about it. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome. Um, but, yeah, I, um... I'm 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 not sure what it's gonna be, and I think that that's exciting. The yeah. past couple of years, I've been very sure in knowing it would be Beard Dome by Morgan Wallen, but I didn't listen to it as much this year. Thank God. Shut up. <laughs> um, I still listen to it. It's still great, but it's definitely it will be in the top, my top 100. I'm sure, but it will not be my top song. So we'll see. Stay tuned. I'm sure it will be the topic of a future episode. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be Mad Season though. Well, we'll see if your predictions come true. And what an interesting Thanksgiving we had this past week. Um, quite unlike any other Thanksgiving I've experienced yes. um, in, in my lifetime and in and, and yours as well, I assume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were um, attendants of the country's largest parade. We are, of course, talking about the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in New York, New York. Um, and and what a fun time it was. Um, it was quite cold, but it has caused Emma to poor Miss Emma to acquire a cold um, from standing there for so yeah. long. So I went to Disney World and earlier this week, <laughs> and um, I think you know I got like a small, like very mild seasonal cold in Disney World, or like it could have even been allergies or something. But sitting out in the cold for the Macy's parade developed whatever I did have into something that has actually made me not feel well and um I went to the doctor yesterday and she was insistent upon um not helping me so here I still am here she is dedicated to the grind the Mike's Monday Jam Mike said we don't have to do a Monday Jam if you don't want to and I said no I don't want to disappoint our listeners we could have broadcasted to our 10 listeners hey sorry due to unforeseen circumstances you'll have to wait another I'm still here you powered through how does it feel? Great. She's dedicated. Um, well, today, we, we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, and I think this epi- the topic of this episode actually might have inspired us wanting to 
even have a podcast to, to begin with. Um, and because I, I think it's a very, um, very interesting point, and we obviously dive into that. But um, today's Money Jam settled down by the 1975. Um, the band, the 1975, um, British, if you couldn't tell. Um, they, Matty Healy. Ma- head, head man, front man, Matty Healy um, and, and his and his pack of friends. Um, they formed the band in, in 2012, <clears throat> but the four of them had been playing music together um, since like 10 years before that. So they, they've been in this band for a long time. When Matty was very small. Very, very small. He's still quite small. Very skinny. He's a skinny, skinny lad. Skinny lad. Um, yes, they are from from across the pond. Um, and they, um, before releasing this first album, this album that we're, we're going to be talking about today and its influence, um, they had released about three or four EPs. Um, and in 2012... Um, they met a producer and engineer named Mike Crossy, who essentially pushed them, you know, and said it's, it's time to get, get a full length, full length album, um, under your belt. Um, but he, um, told them that it's important to develop a sound that it is immediately attributable to the band. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, because in our humble opinions, um, nobody has had quite the extent of influence that the 1975 has had on the alt-rock genre um in in recent years as as to what that that is and we'll get into that as well but alt-rock slash indie pop yes all alt-rock and indie pop um that you we can make the argument well Essentially, I don't remember when specifically this point was made, but it came up in conversation, obviously, between the two of us. Um, we never talked, though. And what? We never talked, though. No, never. So, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So, uh, at some point, it came up in conversation between the two of us that um, a lot of the alt-rock bands these days are just the 1975 in different fonts. And... Yeah. Yeah. We, we couldn't be more um, correct about that, personally, um, but we thought it'd be a fantastic idea for episodes, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of dive into this this first album that the 1975 released back in 2013 um, and talk about its, its sphere of influence on the genre, but also on other bands that we like and other bands that you potentially like as well, um, because... Because a lot of, a lot of um, some might say ignorant... Um, fans of these bands that we're going to discuss out there will be like, oh my god, everybody's copying them. It's like, guess what? No. I, we love all these bands as much as the next person. Actually, one of them is the Bang Camino, and we love them more than most right. people. Probably one of our However, favorites. people are not copying the Bang Camino. The Bang Camino is emulating the 1975, and that's okay. That's fine. It's, but they're, it's not, okay. they're all doing the exact same thing. And it's okay. We like them all. But it's, okay. it's the same. It's okay to, to want to, you know, contribute your own musings to a particular genre based on something that has worked really well for somebody else. So it's okay to, to take inspiration. So we're talking about that today. But as we stated, this, this first album, this self-titled album, The 1975, came out in September of 2013. Had five singles. Um, Sex, Girls, um, Today's Monday Jam, Settle Down. Robbers and Heart Out, which Heart Out is a personal favorite of mine, but has already been a Monday jam, so that's tough. But did you notice what I didn't say in that list of five? 
Chocolate. I didn't say chocolate. Um, chocolate was not an official single from this album, despite being their most popular song to date. <laughs> I was about to say, um, by far. But it it was released on those those EPs that I talked about before they had released um, the album. Oh. So I don't know if it was like one of those things where like, well, it's kind of like already a single sort of. Um, huh. But at the time of its release, I don't think Chocolate was the most popular song. Well, that's interesting because I, I tell you what, I remember Chocolate being on Alt Nation over and over and over. And hits one over and over and over. Everybody was listening to Chocolate. I Cho- loved Chocolate. Chocolate. And the album, I mean, was received extremely well from critics and common folk alike and uh, you know that's why we're here today talking about it um but uh another instance in which rolling stone was wrong rolling stone gave this album a two out of five stars well rolling stone is full of idiots (laughs) we already know that so um billy eilish wasn't singing this freaking album so of course i i wish i could argue with it but it's not like i have any friends at rolling stone so i just have to let you have have your hateful opinion hate hate we hate, hate them. Yeah. They make bad decisions. Sure. Um, and so my experience with the band, I remember, like, you know, this 2013, this would have been my high school years. Um, like when I had just entered high school. Uh, I remember people changing their entire personalities when this album came out. <laughs> like it was like a revolution of, and of course, like Houston High School is a, um, in Germantown, Tennessee is a microcosm for the rest of the country and the world. But I just remember people there... There was something that flipped with people when this album came out. So it was almost like... Oh my like, god, I love the 1975. Right, it was like this era of like before this album came out and after this album came out in, in my head when it comes to art rock. And But of course at this time I was still doing that thing where I listened to dad rock. And so from my perception I was like, what the heck is this? Like a bunch of people are just wearing shirts with like glowing boxes on them and they claim they like this band and... It didn't make a lot was, of sense to me. Well, it also was very much the era of um, the scrawny Brit. Um, women love the, the scrawny Brit, and that is what Maddie Healy is. Now, Maddie Healy's a little different. He's a drug-using uh, scrawny Brit, um, but, like, I was... Allegedly I, former drug-using. Allegedly. Um, I, you know, I was a big fan of the scrawny Brit at the time. I wasn't as big of a fan of Maddie Healy because he did look a little sickly, but, like... Ladies loved Andrew Garfield, you know, like all like all the little British YouTube boys. So those people that were already into that scene of men were like, "Oh, I got another." Great. Right, they've they've got something else to latch on to. But this this one seemed to be a little bit more um, lasting. I'll and say. I also think that um, a lot of those girls that grew up with that, this album came out and it was like edgy, and so they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get to grow up with the scrawny Brit." Okay. Yes. Um, and so I personally, did, it didn't ever you know tickle my fancies until um, I had some friends that FSU kind of put me on it um, after their their second album release, um, but I didn't start listening to them like the fall of 2018. I had some friends kind of share some 1975 with I'm me. I'm sure I, I like, made oh. you listen to chocolate. I'm sure you made me listen to chocolate, but it, it was not one of the the many things that stuck, I suppose. Um, and so that's that's when the the bug got me, and then um, it's the my liking of them 
really was kind of centered around their third album's release, um, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships, which is a pretty solid album, um, but definitely not their best. And I remember um, my, well, my good friends Tommy and I went and actually saw the 1975 at a alt-rock festival in Tampa that we used to go to every year in undergrad, and it was the last concert we went to before COVID. And uh, they they didn't... It was not a good show. And so for a while, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because uh, I was so... We were so excited to see them. And they just, for their less than 80 minutes set, just didn't look like they wanted to be there. And so I, from then on... Which one? That would piss me off, too. No, for sure. They left, like, you know, 15 minutes before curfew. And they didn't play some of their, like staples like girls i talked about being a single oh yeah girls i talked about being a single on um this album in particular like they didn't play that um and so it's just like they had more in the tank but they just kind of farted and walked off the stage but they just i don't know if it's because like they didn't want to be at that gig in tampa florida somebody put them up to it um if they all had like diarrhea the day of and they just weren't <laughs> that feeling would be well. tough um but they they didn't want to be there it was pretty evident and so that that was kind of frustrating for um me because i i was really starting to really starting to like they were gaining some momentum with me like in terms of like trying to see bands when you're like at peak fandom like there were there was a good intersection there for me of like i like y'all a lot and i get to see you at the same time um, which doesn't happen very often um but they they disappointed me um and that's okay because for a while, like COVID happened, they released an album over COVID and notes on a conditional form, and it's it's not that good. We they've acknowledged that it's not that good. It's a little like out there, um, but there are some good songs from it, um, namely one of your faves. If you're too shy, yeah. then let me know. It's gonna be my everyday jam, so don't bring it up. Yes, just yet. <laughs> just a little sneak preview at that. <laughs> um, but it, they, uh, that one that one kind of sucked, and so during COVID. Other than that one song and, like, maybe a couple others on that album, uh, it started to grow a pretty love-hate relationship with them, but... You were like, screw Matty Healy! But then I'd, like, go listen to them a bunch, so it was it was quite the hypocritical opinion that I had at the time. Sorry, didn't mean um, <laughs> So it was quite the hypocritical opinion that I had at the time, but I remember talking to other people about the 1975 who were Ad fans that had seen them, like, during this first and second album era, and they were like, yo, it's the best concert I've ever been to. And so I deduced it to the fact that Maddie Healy, when I saw him, had just started to, quote-unquote, officially go sober. And so I was like, oh, man, like, the drugs were making him entertaining and, and the band entertaining. Um, and so that's a, a, a crappy frame of mind to look at it from, but it seems like it was true. So I continued my love-hate relationship, and... Tommy and I kind of were like, oh, we're never going to see them again. Like, especially not go out of our ways. And so um, we, you and I, actually just recently saw them on their still at their very best tour at Madison Square Garden um, night one a couple weeks ago. And it was great. It's a great show. It was so good. It was, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, and it was quite, quite the, the different the different show that I experienced um, back in 2019. And it's so, like a play. Yeah, that they've got like a whole production and a whole setup. Um, they, you know, there were some weird parts about it because they're a weird band. Mm. But um, 
I, it was it was a phenomenal show, and so I guess they just don't like being at festivals because they have to share the stage, or maybe they did have diarrhea that day, and it was just uncontrollable. Well, they get to do like a whole production kind of thing because they're yeah. at a festival. And they had some but of their that like that would have peeved me off, nonetheless. For sure, and they had some of their like props and screens and and whatnot, but it definitely felt like they were probably lacking, and they probably felt that way too. So. Um, but that was, that was kind of my experience with them. But again, I, th- I think they've had the biggest influence on, um, the alt rock, um, genre of any other band or in particular, any other album. Um, because it's, it's very like guitar reliant, um, those like repetitive and catchy melodies. Um, the guitar tone that they use is very like fourth position on a strat, which is like the neck in the, the, the middle pickup. So it's like got some quackiness but it still has some bass to kind of like push the guitar riff through the mix um and they incorporated drum machines and and synths to the genre which up until this point not not so much it it, it was really kind of just like folks trying to differentiate themselves from the pop punk scene because Mm -hmm. we're like pulling out of um you know the first decade of the 2000s where you have a lot of like pop punk and like Fallout Boy, All Time Low, like Blink One Eighty Two, like folks are trying to differentiate themselves from that, um, and so things that help them do that, drum machines and, and synthesizers. But there's a lot of sounds that are coded in reverb, especially like vocal tracks on this album, because again, up until this point, like you listen to a lot of pop punk stuff, it's very like straightforward, like almost like very fast paced very yes. adrenaline filled. running through the song correct um and this was the opportunity for the genre to kind of slow down a little bit but it also has the air of wanting to be different um <laughs> i wrote that you know like oh they're british like you know but sometimes you can't hear what maddie healy is singing so it's like yeah. a, ooh, it, there's almost like this mystique about it that it's like oh this, well he sighed right there's like this desire to be different it's like oh i can't really understand him so like, <laughs> i can't ooh. really understand him. um that's true but all bands use Pico. a lot of Pico. um you look so cold Like, huh? He's saying. Um, he sounds like he has four teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but all bands use a lot of like interesting jazz chords um, because they want to be different, and this album is is no exception. Um, but they've got like the artsy aesthetic they full on committed to for two albums with like the the artsy like neon box, and it became like their thing um, for this era of their of their band and in their career. And they're like talking about things that like suburbia would like really never do. But if you're a listener, you it's like your opportunity to like feel like you're a little That's what I'm dangerous saying. little like, edgy. It's like it's like the girly pops who liked it were like, oh, like okay, like, right. It's there's sure. an element of like risque, but also like feeling like you're, I guess, breaking the rules, living a, a different life. Right, because I mean, he's talking about like doing coke and weed and you know like the the song roberts is literally like romanticizing like a a toxic relationship to the tune of literally bank robbers and so 
Like, oh, suburbia is not doing any of that stuff, you know? Yeah, and it feels like, and I think to the tune of it being, like, separate from, like, pop punk stuff. Like, pop punk stuff would talk about, you know, crazy stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? But it, it sounded crazy. Right. They sound artsy. Right. And so it's almost like the lyrics are so inaccessible that they are accessible. <laughs> um, so that's another um, aspect of it contributing to them just simply wanting to be different. Um, it touches very a lot of genres, I would say. Like, sure, it's kind of in this alt-rock thing, but there are elements of pop-punk. There's elements of just straightforward rock. There's elements of pop. There's elements of... A lot of different things dance electronic and so i think that's like a, ooh, they're able to to do so much um it's it's a body of work this first album it has 16 songs like i don't know if if i was put on the spot i could i don't know if i could tell you another album that had this many tracks on it at this time like yeah you know, from like 2008 on every album has 12 or less yeah it, definitely in that 10 to 12 sweet spot yeah so i mean it this Except then, unless, you know, your name is Morgan Wall and you're releasing a double album. <laughs> and two in a row. And, you know, you really <laughs> should have been no, told no. I, now nobody's times. telling you no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a body of work. And at that time, you just, you just really didn't see that. And last but not least, to the adding to the just wanting to be different thing. Like, it has that soft boy, like... I'm lost kind of vibe. That's what I'm saying. This so, Granny Brit, the girlies love it. Right. And I think that was their main attraction and what propelled the genre immensely forward is because you you have this excuse to like feel like you want to be different because the band themselves feels like they want to be different. Mm-hmm. And so people are always just trying to differentiate themselves and I think they were doing it to the tune of this album and still do today. But up until this point, I feel like I've got to acknowledge a, a couple of, of, of albums and artists that had influenced the scene thus far before this 2013 album came out. Um, and first and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge um, the album Tourist History from the band To Our Cinema Club. Um, which came out in 2010, so a couple of years before the, the 1975's um, debut release. The Tudor Cinnamon Club. The Tudor Cinnamon Club. Um, tourist history is a very fast-paced, you know, like hi-hats, a little, a little electronic, um, high guitar riffs. Uh, it's also quirky. Very but quirky. A lot, a lot has been taken from that album. Um, influence wise across some bands and so i'd be remiss to not acknowledge that one um second one i acknowledge vampire weekends first two releases they're self-titled and an album called contra talk about wanting to be artsy um i feel like vampire weekend really was like we Ezra Koning, I think is his name. Like, yo, like we different. Yeah, married from, to Rashida Jones. Right, like we Weird. we different from all all that. Like, yeah. that we're vampire. We can. We have a song called Oxford, comma, like <laughs> suck it. Um, 
I have that album somewhere. Somewhere. It's not here. <laughs> I swear to y'all, I bought it at Barnes & Noble one time, and I it doesn't exist anymore. I don't know where it is. In the chasms of, of your closet somewhere. Um, third, want to acknowledge um, Torches by the band Foster the People. Um, very, very synth-driven, and something that I think pretty much had a high, had a pretty big influence on the on the genre. And last but not least, want to acknowledge Young the Giants' self-titled first album release. And that it had a lot of reliance on guitar and those jazzy alt, alt chords that are frequently used in the genre. So, you know, the 1975 are not, you know, trailblazers, true, true, true trailblazers. But they, they are, to some extent, with regards to inventing and taking the genre a little step further. But definitely want to acknowledge those bands before you know, we go into this, this, um, font project that we've, we've developed here. Um, but today's song, um, Settle Down, it's, it's one of my favorites of theirs. It's got that bouncy, repetitive thing going to it. I'm be full on honest with you. I don't really know all the lyrics. I just, again, (laughs) I just, I just make the sounds, um, because it, it's got that obnoxious British thing going on. But again, like, it's the I'm mysterious. I listen to this music that sometimes people can't understand the words. You know, like I'm cool. I love British people. <laughs> I wear a Union Jack shirt. That was me when this album came out. I was about out. to say, call yourself out, please. Um, it's got a great baseline. Um, you know, I'm, y'all always know I'm I'm looking out for looking out for the the bass man. Uh, very easy to get stuck in your head. And it's good for, like, fall time, like, cold weather. It feels very of that essence. Um, and I think most of this album does um, as well. But what's, what's your lady take on Settle Down? Um, banger. Um, I mean, every week I'm always like, what have I already said? But it's it's really good. I like it. Um, I like the Britishness. And it feels, um, like, this song in particular from the album, like, I feel like, you know, Chocolate Girls, they both, not Chocolate Girls, but hmm. Chocolate and Girls, the respective songs, um, they feel very like this album. Uh, Settle Down almost feels like it's a little a little peek into their future, what's going to come. I feel like this song sounds like it could be on one of their other albums, you know? It sure could, yeah. Um, and I think that's the other thing that is so remarkable about this band. And I, I just, I hate giving Maddie Healy so much credit because I know he just, like, <laughs> gets the biggest head ever. And then Oh, he, yeah, he would, if Maddie, if Maddie Healy's listening to this, I don't know, I don't want to know what he's doing. For real. And it's like, <laughs> I, it's, I hate it with the essence of, like, they keep me making, like, really good music, but there's some stuff that's sprinkled in between the really good stuff that's just, like, 
dude, what are you doing? Like, like when he laid down on the ground with his own naked body. Yeah, there were there was uh, during this show at MSG. He Every had, like, other some, part of it was awesome except for this one part. <clears throat> he had like some wax figurine <laughs> of himself that was just like laying there naked, and he only the I don't think it had a wiener. I think it there was a butt. There was a butt. I was looking. I didn't see anything. <laughs> but we were on the butt side, so maybe the camera didn't show us on the other side, but maybe the people on the other side got to see some. <sighs> Things only your mind thinks about. But I, um, yeah, he, like, got up next to it and just laid down next to it. So that was pretty weird, right? Like, Yeah, no, he's definitely a weirdo. But he's funny. Like he's, No, he is funny. He's got some good jokes, and he has a keen awareness of, like what's going on in society but i do feel he's like self-aware too like he acknowledges the weirdoness and and owns it correct um he can get a little pretentious very much so um and, and we're s- only helping the cause right and so that's why i hate dishing out so much praise and so much recognition for him specifically but like the <laughs> band did really elevate and, and push the genre with with all the points that we've kind of talked about so far but i think what's really cool about them is they do continue to invent like um sure all their albums kind of sound at their base the same but i mean there's there's definitely a lot of different elements that become obvious when you when you listen to each one of them individually so it's cool that they continue to keep inventing themselves and so this whole still at their very best thing at first i wasn't really buying it but now i can i can get i can kind of get behind it a little bit i thought it was a little obnoxious but it's (laughs) you saw it yourself yeah i saw it myself i don't know if they're they're at their very best like you know this these first two albums are really good (laughs) but whatever i mean i mean they didn't play love me or girls so it couldn't have been their best yeah so just call it what you want i guess i don't know um, but now we're going to get into some of their, their direct influences, their influencees. Um, and first and foremost, um, talked about them, what, two weeks ago, the band Coin. Um, I think has has really taken a lot of influence from the 1975, whether they acknowledge it or not. Absolutely. They really take on the soft boy thing. Oh, yeah. Like, we're talking, like, you know, crew neck sweaters with the collar on top of the crew neck sweater, the, f- the flat-brimmed hats, the corduroy pants, like the... Um, I like to What's stay. his name? Chase? Chase. Chase is very, like, American. American 1975. Yes. But great. These, these are not insults. This no, is just, we love them. We need to make that abundantly clear. We've already done an episode on them. They know we love them. Right. But there, there's a lot of a lot of derivation from the 1975. But Coin's also committed to the, the artsy grind. Like, they've had a couple of concept albums, and we talked about that um, in a previous episode. And their influence is really clear on songs like Talk Too Much. Um, oh, yeah. Talk Too Much, if he sang it in a British accent, sounds like it could be on this album 100%. Yes. So 100%. We're going to leave it at that. But I, I think to differentiate themselves, I think their coin 
songs and lyrics are 10 times more accessible than the 1975. Like they, oh, yeah. they appeal to a lot of human heartstrings and experiences rather than just because they're not pretentious. No. I, I do not think... Point, they've had that concept. They're a little artsy, but I don't think they're pretentious. No, they're just doing things that make them happy. Yeah, no, he just seems sweet. Right. He doesn't seem full of himself, though, at all. So I think that's... in As we get into these influences, we're influencees. We, we will share how we think they have invented themselves as well, because I think that's important, important to recognize. Because, again, these bands aren't carbon copies of the yeah. 1975. They've just pulled in a lot from them. So... Um, but if you had to pick a font for, for coin, cause seeing as these influences are just the 1975 in a different font, what would, what would you pick him? Well, um, I just want y'all to know, I've, I've only picked fonts that are easily accessible on Google docs because I thought, you know, then if you wanted to go see for yourself, you could. Um, so for coin, I've picked Comforta. Comforta. Uh, it has two A's. Um, because it's just like. It feels it's a it's a little circular, um, but not like it's it's curvy, but not like curly Q, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like they are a little like they're a little softer. They're a little more American, you know. This this is this is a more like straightforward font. It doesn't feel like it's up its own butt or anything. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so I picked Comforta. Excellent, and we will include little. Little oh, yeah. screenshots. And we're gonna. We'll it'll be an extended cut of the regular post. Yeah, don't don't you worry. Uh, next up, we've got you know one of our all-time favorite acts, the Van Camino. Oh yeah. Um, but I can't be just friends. You're messing with my head. And I know what I said, but these feelings they keep running the red. I got your heart on my mind, and you said that I could come by anytime. But I can't. I can't fall in love. Again, this this is no no slight to them at all. This is just we're just we just have such a keen awareness of music, <laughs> y'all. Like we are just you know experienced. We're experts in the genre. Yes, um, I would say. And so, um, but Camino, I think they're a little bit more on the heavy end, mm-hmm. um, and they're a little more boy band like because you've got yeah. two vocalists um, who regularly interchange. And again, that's not. An insult again. One of I don't think there's anything we could say that should in any way, y'all insult the Bay Camino. No. We have given them probably over a thousand dollars in royalties <laughs> alone. We are big fans. We've seen them five times. So no one, we're not shitting on the Bay Camino. <laughs> Correct. Um, but because they're boy bands, like. Um, there's sort of like a pop, more of a pop element to it. Like they're more likely to get played on the pulse. Yeah, you know, and they hits do. one, and they, and they do. So, uh, but their their influence. Well, so does the nineteen seventy five. Correct, but again, that's hard. <laughs> that's kind of our. Yeah, whole. I guess that's true. Um, Isn't it the whole episode? <laughs> but their abundance, or the the influence, is abundantly clear on the song two fourteen. Um, by the main Camino, it does sound very much like chocolate, but slowed oh, yeah. down. Chocolate. And a little bit more keyboardy. Yeah. But what have you picked out for the font for the main Camino? Um, for the main Camino, I picked out the font Caveat. Um, it is like a little handwriting because um, they're, you know, they're sweet and... Um, very genuine. Very genuine boys. Um, so I feel like they would, you know, handwrite their own logo. Um... 
but yeah, still like a little a little softer. Um, even though we said that they're that some of their music is heavier, but they as people are softer. I think correct. Um, not in the soft boy aspect. Like they're like kind of soft boy y, but they're like they're like dudes. Yeah. Um, but they're like nice, genuine guys. So. And I think that's something that really differentiates them specifically is they do feel very down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if. I, like, Matty Healy in the 1975, obviously, they've gotten kind of really big, and so I think it's very difficult for them to be genuine, and we've talked about that before, but I think to be a Camino fan right now, you're at a sweet spot, because they can still be extremely mm-hmm. genuine, and so it'll be interesting to see if they carry that tune on throughout their throughout their career. Um, next up, we got a band called Laney. I used to be really, really big fan of Laney. Um, they've kind of fallen off with me a little bit just because they do try really, really hard to be different. Um, and I, not a criticism, more just I, I think that's just an obvious point in, in my personal opinion. Um, but they've got some really good stuff and they've mastered kind of the more ambient synth pop sound um that i think differentiates them from the 1975 and again they similar to coin also have some more accessible tunes that appeal to more common experiences than maybe the 1975 might have and so but i I do think they really they try really really hard to be different yeah he feels a little more pretentious a little more maddie healy-esque right um but also both allegedly dating massive pop stars. Correct. Um, or have, have Paul, dated massive pop stars. Paul Jason Klein, um, frontman of Laney, um, had a had a little um, situationship with uh, Dula Peep, um, Dua Lipa, um, <laughs> Dua Peep. a couple years ago, which um, she must have really tore his heart out and spit it out and ate it up in a bunch of little pieces. Because the album Malibu Nights is allegedly like his kind of feeling response to that situation chip and uh, it's some pretty pretty tough stuff, but it's a great album. I'm just like, man. Little Peep really really messed that boy up. I know, and I'm like, I don't want him to get messed up again, but man, the music was better. <laughs> um, so what font have you chosen for Laney? Um, for Laney, I've chosen the font Lobster. Lobster. Um, Lobster is um, a little bolder, and I feel like he is a little bolder. You know, yeah. like like he's he's pretty, pretty like I am me. You mm-hmm. can watch me be me. Um, but it's still a little curly cuey. Um, but you know, um, still has some some substance to it. I think for sure. Um, so so in in that relationship with the nineteen seventy five, you know, the very. He's very like Matty Healy in that kind of pretentious way, bold in, in who he is. Yeah. Um, but still a little artsy, a little curly kiwi. For sure. And again, no hate Delaney. Um, they they put on a really good show too. They've um come definitely come alive on the stage. Um, last but not least, 
directly we're going to be talking about a band called Hippocampus. I think the 1975s influence is a little bit more obvious on tracks like Baseball, uh, but... Baseball definitely sounds like this album. Yes, it does. Um, but I, they're similar in the, in the fact that they do have a, a really a big desire to be different and to be exclusive. Um, they're committed to the artsy grind. Um, you had a point, you had a thought. Um, they also very much sound like Vampire Weekend. Yes, that's a that's a very solid point. Yes, um, but um, hippocampus they've got more musicians um, and than the nineteen seventy five. Yes. Well, the nineteen seventy five then. What do you mean? Well, now there's like fifteen people on stage. Oh yeah, that that's enough. So when I when we're talking about the nineteen seventy five, we're talking about the just the four main members. Okay. But Hippocampus has got some horn players and like an auxiliary percussionist and like they, there's probably like six or seven of them. Okay. But um, in in this realm of talking about the 1975, talking about the the four piece. Okay. um, Not not the production to what it is now, which I guess is another way in which they've evolved too. Because I never thought I'd see a day where there would be more musicians. They got half a freaking choir back there. I for real. But it's it was cool, um, but Hippocampus their sound and this is something that I think works really well for them. It's a little less produced, and yeah, not pretty because pretty they have access to less equipment because they have equipment. But I think they get a little bit more charm from a less produced sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it it sounds a little bit more natural. Natural, and not to say like not thrown together because that's it not what it is. Right. It it's like a polished, unpolished. <laughs> if that semi polished. How about a genuine sound? Yes. Um, it it doesn't sound as as produced, and so I think that's something that works really well for them. And so, what font have you? chosen for them um for them i chose pacifico because it is curly q um but still you know still clean um i thought that was cute they're like they're they're a little uh, they're their unpolishedness i think is a little cutesy it is um and yes they deserved a little curly q not to be confused with the band Houndmouth, of which you frequently get, get those two all the time um, interchanged but other influence, I don't want to um, spend uh, you know a lot of time on. But other than just mentioning that, I think the 1975 has had um, the band, the Backseat Lovers, um, Valley, um, other groups like the Wildlife, um, Milky Chance, Cage the Elephant, and Dayglow, just to name a few that I've I've noticed. You might come after you for saying Cage the Elephant. I'm just I I think there's there's some things that can be drawn from. From uh, when you listen to the two together, there's there's some similarities. So. And you might, if you come after me for Cage the Elephant, I know they had that first album like 2009 or whatever, but it doesn't. It sounds <laughs> like if you're gonna talk about you know Rest for the Wicked in that first album, I think it's the self-titled album. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like the rest of their work. Like, <laughs> I think the something only, clicked, something changed. I think the only, like. <laughs> 
the only single from that album is they know Rise for the Wicked. I could be wrong, but I'm going off the top of my cuff here. Um, and so I, but anyway, I, I think those bands could all, you could point and make an argument for that they've been influenced by the 1975. But, and what's your everyday jam? All right, well, since we went to the, the, the concert, you know, I was listening, getting ready, um, getting excited, and um, if you're too shy, let me know. I can't stop listening to it. It's so good. It's a bop. It's the one song off their COVID album that's really, really good, um, and it slaps. To our major minor chords of the week. I think I know what your minor chord is, but I'll let you say it. My minor chord is that I'm ill. Um, I'm so intelligent. Yeah, I'm sure y'all could all guess that one too. Um, you know, I went I went a little too hard, but it's okay. If I gotta be ill to go to Disney World and the Macy's Parade in the same week, I'm gonna do it. So here I am. Um, but my major smiling chord is those life. things combined. <laughs> smiling through my life. It's so great. Um, just like LeBron. <laughs> Smiling because I can't believe this is my life. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my major chord for sure. I went to Disney World and it was all decorated out for Christmas and it was so cute. I had so much fun. And um, also we went to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, my number one bucket list item of life. Um, I've always wanted to go to the Macy's Parade and I did it. Year 23, you know. Um, Crazy. Uh, and I'm thinking we're going to be back. So it was it was really awesome. Uh, should have worn two pairs of socks. Um, Next time. And, you know, maybe should have tried to fully get, um, work harder at fully getting better for my s- small illness before we went. Um, there we go. But, but alas, I'm fine. Mm, here you are. I'm making it. You live to tell the tale. Um, minor, ugh, it's always tough to go back to work after a holiday, y'all. Y'all know it. It's... Mike gets it such hurt. bad Sunday scaries. It, uh, yeah, I do. Um, it, but it, it hurts to go back to work. Um, but I'm fortunate in that I've really only got to stick it out, you know, for like three weeks and then be back to it, a decent break. Um, yeah, and it's the holiday season. Yeah. So the just going to... are different. Yeah, just going to enjoy that and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, just it's always tough to go back to, to work after a holiday weekend. Um, major... Recently, um, my boy John Mayer has um, started a channel on SiriusXM called Life with John Mayer. Um, it's been fantastic to listen to. <laughs> the man's got impeccable music taste. And I always knew that. Like, I always knew our tastes were, were pretty aligned. Um, but he's he's already started to put me on some stuff. And so I'm, I'm happy about that. And it's been an interesting listen so far. Um, and it's, it's nice. And y- y'all have heard us kind of talk about the pros of having xm but it's nice to have somebody decide for you and when that person is john mayer like that's that's pretty (laughs) cool so as you know sometimes you can get overwhelmed with the amount of choices on spotify or Mm -hmm. apple music or whatever you use um but also a major worth noting it was a good football weekend Oh, um, yeah. Good college football weekend. Some very entertaining games. Roll Tide! And Go Knowles had Roll some really, really good games there. Um, and another major chord. We got a new AC unit, finally. 
Um, took him a while, but um, this one works like a charm. And, she's beautiful. And she is... She's sleek. She purrs nicely. Yep, she's much less loud. Still got to turn her off for the pod, but... For sure. Uh, and last but not least, let's get into some honorable mentions for um, this week. First one, like I said, listening to Life of John Mayer and Sirius XM channel. Um, put me onto a song called 17 Going Under by Sam Fender. So go check that out. Um, number two for this week, I'm going to the, the list of the pre-influences to the 1975, um, to the art genre. I'll listen to Holiday by Vampire Weekend. Last but not least, um, it's it's a favorite of ours, I would say. Um, more of the in the alt rock genre, and one that would received influence from the 1975. Um, Go listen to Baseball by Hippocampus. It's very summery, but it's still a really good song. So go listen. To it. Some call the framework of a sunset, a yellow man out of gray. My bones are tired of the body that woke me up today. That's going to do it for the month of November, um, month number 11 of the year, 2023. So, Merry Christmas! Moving into it's a Christmas time! Moving into December. Um, so, rolling right along and uh, having a great time while doing it. But as always, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week.